Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers, invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 129th edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, President of Sensei Enterprises, an information technology, cybersecurity, and digital forensics firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm Jim Calloway, Director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, our topic is the wizardry of law librarians. And before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Thank you to Answer One, a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 answer the number one or online at answer the number one.com. Thank you to Scorpion. Scorpion sets the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com slash podcast. Thanks to serve now a nationwide network of trusted pre-screen process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. We are very pleased to have as our guest Greg Lambert and Marlene Gaybauer. Marlene Gaybauer is Director of Knowledge Solutions at Greenberg Traurig and an attorney. Her position revolves around the adoption and application of innovative legal services technologies and process. She is responsible for knowledge management, strategic purchasing, predictive analytics, and competitive intelligence. Greg Lambert is the Chief Knowledge Services Officer for Jackson Walker in Houston, Texas. Greg is also the co-founder of Three Geeks and a Law Blog, which includes the new podcast, the Geek in Review, which he does with Marlene Gaybauer. Greg is the immediate past president of the American Association of Law Libraries. Thanks for joining us today, Marlene and Greg. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> sounds like Marlene brought her dog with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dog is welcome on the podcast. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Jim. Good to meet you, Sharon. Well, Marlene, I love the title of today's podcast, The the Wizardry of Law Librarians. I, I have often thought them to be wizards. So can you tell us what some of the biggest talents are of law librarians, which go underappreciated by those who are seeking your help? Well, I think most people get that librarians understand the financial cost of knowledge tools. But I think that their strategic vision in relation to these tools and services can be overlooked. The information platform or knowledge center of a firm has really become the centerpiece in terms of innovation marketing for firms. So, you know, clients want to know that the firms they use are employing tools and services that create efficiencies and excellent work products. 
And law librarians have an in-depth knowledge of the knowledge platform space, what the tools do, and how attorneys and staff use them. And because of this, they can offer guidance on which platforms make the most sense to employ and how to present them in an enticing manner outside of the firm or even how clients can use them effectively. Greg, was there ever any time you uncovered a smoking gun while conducting legal research on behalf of your firm? <laughs> yeah, I love telling this story. So when I was at another firm a few years ago, I had this great researcher who was bilingual, and we had a question come up about some litigation work that we were doing down in Mexico. So there was this potential witness in the case that we couldn't track down, but uh, she had done an interview with a reporter at a local newspaper, and in the article of that newspaper on the, the photo inset, we noticed that the woman was holding a document from the company which was on the other side of the litigation. So I had the researcher call the reporter and see if he could help us find the woman so that we could get her to testify. But in the midst of the call, the reporter mentioned that he still had that document that was in the picture that he had it in his files. And so he faxed us a copy of it, and the document had some details in the case, which led to it being you know, immediately settled. So sometimes, you know, the answers aren't always on the Internet or on fancy databases. <laughs> sometimes you need to do a little legwork, pick up the phone, and call people. So it, it still works that way as well. Well, it sounds like uh, you were greatly appreciated for your wizardry that time, Greg. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Well, it wasn't me. It was the other person. So I made sure that the credit went where the credit was due. There you go. <laughs> you know, Marlene, when I think of stereotypes of law librarians, I remember the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, when uh, Mary, who is played by Donna Reed, is kind of this very timid librarian. And I think there was a time when you thought of law librarians being sort of spinsterish types. And of course, in the old days, they were largely women, and that's no longer true. But what stereotype of law librarians is furthest from the truth? Well, I mean, you certainly hit on a few of them there. But, you know, in my career, so many times when I've told people I'm a librarian, they say, oh, you must like to read books. And then they ask me about the Dewey Decimal System, which <laughs> nobody uses outside of public and school libraries. <laughs> but, but back to books. You know, yes, I do like to read books and magazines and blogs and most anything I can get my hands on. But so do other people. You know, I, along with many of my colleagues, we have much broader interests. So, you know, as an example, I like to kayak, I run marathons, I make pottery, I volunteer for school events, and I co-host a podcast. You know, my point is that your librarian likely has a richer life than you probably think, and it's not all just library-related. And my advice is to engage with them. You might be delightfully surprised about the person you discover. Good advice. Yes, but I can say that I still look really sexy when I let my hair down and I kind of shake it over my shoulders. So. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing a podcast and not a video game. He does. <laughs> Greg, I've certainly known you longer than anybody else that we're speaking with on the podcast today. And I know you've, we don't see each other as often since you've moved to Texas, but in your job currently, what brings you the most joy in what you do? Well, Jim, I'd have to say it's definitely the amount of wealth that I've accumulated over the years as being a law librarian. <laughs> That's just been great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, seriously, though, I'd, I'd have to say it's, you know, it's really working with intelligent people that still have the ability to be curious about what they're researching. I've been very lucky in that I've worked for firms over the years that have allowed me to be a voice in the industry. And as a result, 
you know, it's helped me to make connections with others in the industry, both in law librarianship, but really in the whole legal industry. So it's that's been very valuable. And it's really kind of cool when you're sitting in the middle of a management meeting and you're dealing with all the partners of your firm and someone happens to go, well, I read this article by Casey Flaherty and, you know, it's really interesting what he has to say. And I get to pipe in and say, well, you know, I know him. I could connect the two of you if you want. So it ends up being a real win-win situation. So I've really enjoyed that part of the profession. He enjoys name dropping. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I love name dropping. Podcasts are great for name dropping. <laughs> Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the country. Connect your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high volume serves, and understand the litigation process and the rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit ServeNow.com. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is the wizardry of law librarians, and our guests are Marlene Gaybauer and Greg Lambert. Marlene is the Director of Knowledge Solutions at Greenberg Traurig and an attorney, and Greg is the Chief Knowledge Services Officer for Jackson Walker in Houston, Texas. So Marlene, look into your crystal ball and tell us what the future of law librarianship looks like. Well, I think there's a great deal of opportunity for law librarians. I mentioned earlier how important knowledge platforms are becoming, and they're encompassing tools outside the traditional research realm. So things like practice support tools like document drafting. So there's a lot of opportunity to broaden the scope of platform management responsibility. Also, there's a lot of opportunity for data steward and analyst roles. Data analytics, you know, as you know, is, is a really hot area right now, and librarians are well-suited for this work and are already familiar with many of the tools in the space. And analytics includes not only the external information, but also the firm's internal content as well. Librarians can evaluate metrics, stay on a firm's experience with a judge or successful motion practice and the language used in the motions, which can then be translated into usable business development and case strategy intelligence. Greg, as you know, I advise a lot of solo and small firm lawyers. So for those solo and small firm lawyers, what options do they have in getting help from a law librarian? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. And for those that don't know, Jim and I worked uh, pretty close together when I was in Oklahoma. So there's really a number of opportunities for solo and small firm lawyers to connect with law librarians. 
First of all, I would check out how your county law library is structured. I know that not every county has a law librarian. Like when I was in Oklahoma, we didn't have a librarian in every county, but there's usually a law librarian somewhere in that chain who you can reach out to and get some help. It could be having them help you identify resources that are available from the county, the state, or the federal courts, or it could be help on vendors uh, and products that are vendors, and you can get that help without the sales pitch. So that's kind of another reason to reach out to them. Second, if there's a law school around, you can find out what programs they offer to the public or to alumni. And third, there's a number of law librarians who work as consultants or will come in part-time. There are companies as well out there who can connect you with law librarians, and I've found that nearly 100% of the time, a good law librarian, even those that are only working part-time, can more than save you what you spend on them. I can believe that to be true. I have happily been the recipient of some of the wizardry of law librarians over the years, and so Marlene, I'll bet you can tell me how they act as risk managers, especially for lawyers. I would be happy to do that, and there's a couple ways I can highlight, Sharon. First, Law librarians have an in-depth knowledge of the licensing requirements of law firm knowledge platforms. More often than not, they're the ones that are actually negotiating the license. So they know the pricing and the payment structure. You know, one platform may allow individual accounts, another may require a firm-wide subscription. Platforms also have overlapping content, so there's a danger of buying multiple sources when only one might be needed. The librarian you know, who knows how many people need and use a platform and who can quickly compare content on each platform can and should make recommendations to the firm so the firm isn't spending unnecessarily. Second, the librarian knows what is allowed by each license. They're not all the same. For example, some licenses may allow sharing of content with a client and some may not. And as for individual licenses, I think we all know there's sometimes a tendency for people to share with others And these situations can pose serious financial and access risk. And librarians are in a position to educate and in some cases police in these instances and protect the firm. Greg, what are today's opportunities for librarians outside of the library? Oh, man, there's so so much opportunity. Um, Law librarians are really big-time leaders when it comes to access to justice issues. So I've seen a number of court law librarians who are out there and helping streamline processes like work with pro se litigants, and they've worked ways in creating a method to taking the court time down from what used to take hours down to minutes. In academia, you're seeing a lot of law librarians help prepare students for the actual practice of law, and that includes understanding the technology and the business acumen needed to practice. And in my world, in law firms, we have librarians who are working in everything, technology, knowledge management, records, marketing, business development. There's just a vast range of other positions that are out there. And, you know, the good thing is that great librarians identify the voids that are going on within their organizations, and they find the ways to fill those voids and solve the problems of their organization. So if they are really good librarians. They find the need and they fill the need and they help solve those problems. Before we move on to our last segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. 
That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code TDE10. Of course, you can find Clio at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to market your law firm aggressively and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is the wizardry of law librarians, and our guests are Marlene Gaybauer and Greg Lambert. Marlene is the Director of Knowledge Solutions at Greenberg Traurig and an attorney, and Greg is the Chief Knowledge Services Officer for Jackson Walker in Houston, Texas. Marlene, I have an implicit question in this question. The the first question is, how does the networking and professional development of law librarians benefit firms? The second part is, is this a plea for those who hire you (laughs) to crowbar open their wallets and let people get out and about more so that they can do some of this valuable networking? Well, I certainly hope whoever listening um, does in fact think about that because Look, no one works successfully in a silo, and and librarians are no exception. I've learned so much and gotten so many opportunities through professional development and networking opportunities offered by professional association and vendors. And it's not just library-related opportunities. Understanding legal operations more broadly improves understanding of challenges firms are experiencing more holistically which in turn helps the librarian better understand the strategic direction of the firm and act accordingly. So I remember this one time when I was very new to the profession, and I met a librarian at the AAAL conference who worked in an aviation library. And we were just sitting next to one another, and we just started chatting. We were at a seminar, and we exchanged cards. And within six months, I had a request that involved getting an article or an administrative ruling dealing with aviation that I could not find anywhere. Now, remember, this is in the early days of the Internet, and the request was very time-sensitive. So I was, I was in a bit of a panic. So I took out my Rolodex. Remember Rolodexes? <laughs> I took that out, <laughs> and I gave this woman a call. And she got what I needed to me within an hour. So instead of having to say, sorry, I can't help you to the requester, I became the wizard. I became the one with the solution. Well, that's a great story. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. Greg. What does the library need from management? Well, they definitely need uh, management to give them some type of seat at the table or at least a voice at the table. I had a local congresswoman here in Houston one time say something that really stuck with me, and that was, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And so we need to make sure that (laughs) we're at that table. You know, organizations, they're really sitting on highly intelligent resources, and sometimes they push those resources down the chain because they have, uh, you know, they pretty much have limited their expectations 
So having the library's voice and ears at business meetings, at strategic planning sessions, and even at matter planning, it creates an opportunity on both sides to make the overall organization better. I always say that it's my job to give my people the resources, the time, and the opportunity to thrive. And in doing that, it makes me and the organization better. Well, I can believe you do a very good job at that, Greg. And we certainly, Jim and I, want to thank you both for being our guests today. It's obvious that law librarians are very colorful, as well as wizards in plain clothes, probably. But you do a lot of great stuff for the folks you work with and for. And I certainly treasure everything that law librarians do. So thank you for shedding some illumination on that subject and being with us. All right. I, I just want to say for the record that I'm in Slytherin House of the Wizardry. <laughs> the Sorting Hat said I was a Hufflepuff, but I am not a Hufflepuff. I'm a Slytherin. I believe so. that of you. Ravenclaw's the way to go. Okay. <laughs> we got one from each house, and there we leave. <laughs> and that does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. And remember, you can subscribe to all of the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy. Thanks for listening to The Digital Edge, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway for their next podcast covering the latest topic related to lawyers and technology. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.